listening to another episode of the Beulah Girl podcast. For links, related resources, and even more encouragement, visit BeulahGirl.com. Hey guys, it's Susie Lolly. I'm here with Carol Whitaker, and we are coming to you live from, of course, The Daily Grind, which is our favorite noisy place to record podcasts. So if you hear the authentic sounds of coffee, just know that's why. We're here from BeulahGirl.com, so if you need practical encouragement for women, then that is the place to go after this episode to find any resources and the related blog post. So we're continuing our series this month on what happens when we believe God's words are true. And in this particular episode, we're going to be talking about a man who experiences a tremendous reversal of fortune. And I don't know about you, Carol, but anytime I watch a movie where, you know, a Hallmark movie, for example, you know it's going to end up happy. But at the beginning, you see the girl, she's dating the wrong guy. And you're like, what is your problem? You're dating this guy who makes a lot of money, but then he's a jerk. And we keep waiting on her to see some value in herself and to pick the right one or just insert whatever situation. But we always love when there's a a movie, a TV show, a book where something that seemed impossible finally came to pass. And we know that God's Word is not like a Hallmark movie. It's absolutely true. It does have a lot of good endings in it, but the ones that we read there actually can be believed because they're true. And so let's talk about um, Zechariah and just begin by reading his story from the Bible. Okay, so Zechariah, um, we find his story in Luke 1, and I'm just going to read to you a few verses from there. But before I do, I was just reminded as you were talking, my husband um, just found this series that he thought I would like, and it's North and South by Elizabeth Gaskell. Have you ever heard of it? Yeah, I absolutely (laughs) loved it. I've never seen it before, but it's sort of that idea throughout of in the story, of course, there's the main character she doesn't really like this one guy but there's an attraction between them and he really likes her and he has some character things that he needs to kind of iron out and he finally you know makes some changes because he's a a pretty i don't know how you describe him but he's a little bit cruel um businessman and he takes her advice makes some changes she begins to see him in a different light but you do have to go through the entire there's four episodes and it's based on a book but you do have to go through that whole entire story before you see them finally uh both have you know both fall for each other at the end and she helps save his factory that he's gonna (laughs) lose and i loved it but anyways it reminded me as you were talking because um i think it was jane austen who said that she she lets her character suffer a little bit, but then everything neatly wraps up in the end. And don't we wish that in every situation in our life that could be true? But back to Zechariah, which we're talking about in Luke 1, he is told that a reversal of fortunes will occur in his life, but he doesn't have the reaction that you would think. If someone told you, walked up to you and said, okay, I'm gonna give you exactly what you've been wishing and." and hoping for or praying for, um, you would think that he would jump up and down in excitement, but that's not what happens. Um, Instead, he has a little bit different reaction. Um, He is a priest and it is, um, he has sort of been given the duty, when, when we start up with this passage, he's been given the duty of lighting incense and as he's uh, lighting the incense, he sees an angel standing at the, the right side of the 
altar. So this is what happens. When Zechariah saw him, the angel, he was startled and was gripped with fear. But the angel said to him, do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife, Elizabeth, will bear you a son and you are to call him John. He will be a joy and delight to you and many will rejoice because of his birth for he will be great in the sight of the Lord. Zechariah asked the angel, how can I be sure of this? I am an old man and my wife is well along in years. The angel said to him, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God and I have been sent to speak to you and to tell you this good news. And now you will be silent and not be able to speak until the day this happens because you did not believe my words, which will come true at their appointed time. Meanwhile, the people were waiting for Zechariah and wondering why he stayed so long in the temple. What I love about that story, too, and and we're going to dive into some lessons we can learn from it, is God could have snatched away that miracle just because of his unbelief. His his unbelief. That was good English teacher language. Um, But I love that God is going to respond to him. But first, you're going to have to deal with some things for a little while. Like, you're going to be quiet for all these months that it takes for a wife to have a baby. So let's talk about some points we can observe. And number one, the first thing you wanted to talk about was that even righteous men can fall into unbelief. That seems like only something that a blatant sinner would do. But tell us how righteous people can also be unbelievers. Right. So Zechariah, if we we notice in the passage, he's described as a righteous man. And yet we see that he fell into un, unbelief. When the angel gave him the incredibly exciting news that he would have the child he had prayed for, he asked again, how can I be sure of this? I'm an old man and my wife is well along years. So he was pointing out to the angel, uh, no, this cannot be true. I am old, my wife is old, we're beyond childbearing years. And from just doing study, some study of the passage, what it sounds like to me, or as I was kind of looking through the notes that I did, is that what it sounded like was that he had prayed for many years for this, but it kind of sounds like even in his old age, he had just kind of maybe even given up on, I don't know that he was even praying for this anymore, Susie, because he, he was old. And I think that they had just given up in their minds, like, we're, this isn't going to happen for mm-hmm. us. Like, God's already answered on this. Um, so, I mean, we can just imagine that he had just sort of resigned himself to the situation that he didn't really believe that it would change because he hadn't received the received the child up to that point and he was old um he had prayed and nothing had happened so i think when i read this is um what what i see in him is i think that his response was that he was sort of unwilling to emotionally invest himself in something that sounded a little bit good to be true, too good to be true. Mm-hmm. I don't know about you, but I've had situations in my life where when I was younger, I just blazed into situations with so much, um, I think, optimism. Yeah. And then there have been situations in my life um, in relationships or in situations where I just had this rosy this is just gonna you know be so wonderful and then something happened that i did not see coming that just blindsided me and just crushed me right and i think that now that i'm older i can look back at those situations and i i I tend to be a little more jaded when i i'm a little more cautious you know when i hear something good happening i'm like 
you know, oh, are you sure? <laughs> because, you know, I remember those times of feeling so ridiculous and getting my hopes up. Right. And sometimes I think that we do um, protect ourselves in, in, in that we don't want to get our hopes up because um, it's going to be worse than if we just don't expect anything good. So, I mean, I don't know. I'm just speculating here, but that's kind of what I see is that he, you know, can we really blame him here? He's just saying, I don't know that I really want to emotionally invest in what you're saying here because this sounds way too good to be true. And, you know, but he doesn't believe um, the words of God that are being delivered to him through the angel. A couple things came to mind as you were sharing that, um, you know, your observation. Number one, I thought of Moses and how he also was like, if he had... God come to him and say, I'm going to do such and such. He's like, wait, wait, wait. I have a stuttering problem. It's so funny that God is the one who made us. And then uh, was it Gabriel in the passage said, I stand in the presence of the Lord. Like, you're not telling God anything he doesn't already know, first of all. You're old. Yes, we're aware. Okay. He was there when you were created. He's kind of the one who did it. So I love that we come to God with our excuses. And God's like, thank you for sharing that with me. Um, I'm already aware. And um, the second thing that came to mind is... I just, just last night was talking to my husband and just being very candid. And I said, I have officially stopped believing for this one circumstance to change my life. And I said, if God, I know a God who can split the Red Sea. So if he wants to do it, I know that he can do it. I feel like he has closed the door and we need to move on. Um, but at the same time, the scripture came to me as you were talking just now. It's in Romans 5 and 5 and it says, and hope does not disappoint. And as I was talking to my husband last year about, I forgot what conversation we were having, but he was, I was saying something about, I don't want to get my hopes up. And he said, Susie, God wants us to get our hopes up. Like he is a God of hope. And I think I've shared that on this podcast before. I feel like we've, it's deja vu. We've been having the same conversation. Um, but you know, the Bible says there's nothing new under the sun, but even righteous men can fall into unbelief. But I want to pause to say there though, that God's hope does not disappoint. And he's not embarrassed of us. You said, you know, you used to get embarrassed when you would have had so much rosy optimism and then it didn't work out. But God's not embarrassed of us if we choose to hope. That's actually a good characteristic. So um, we can get out of, you know, Zachariah's life that, yes, he was normal, but also we kind of need to snap ourselves back into believing when we have moments where we just feel like we can't believe it anymore. So the second thing that, that you observed in Zechariah's passage where, he's, where the angel's talking to him is that God wants us to believe him. So that kind of leads right from what I was saying. So let's talk about that some. Right. And before I even do, I think, too, is that unbelief, um, I can think of so many times in my own life that unbelief has been an issue for me. And mm-hmm. I, I, I didn't even know what that was until a few years ago. Um, like that's a thing, you know, like that's, that's a sin, you know, like God doesn't, well, yeah, I mean, God wants us to, to, um, believe him. And if we are struggling with belief, I'm thinking of, you know, um, in the new Testament when the, I can't remember what situation it was when the man was praying, you know, help me in my unbelief mm-hmm. that sometimes it is so hard for our human minds to wrap around something that God tells us. Um, and I think that in those situations, we need to even pray, Lord, help me. I can't, I just can't see it here. And I'm having a hard time believing you. Um, but you know, it sounds so simple, Susie, to believe God's words. Um, 
like we need to believe God's words, but God speaks truth. He does not lie. That's what the Bible tells us. Um, but it's not so easy when his words predict events that look utterly impossible. And also events that I think, particularly in the story, what stands out to me, particularly events that have been a certain way for so long. Right. Um, one of the stories that was coming to mind as I was writing this post was um, when we were selling our house. A few years ago, um, we sold our house and we moved to a new house where we are right now. And when we put our house up for sale, I had so many emotions going through me because there had been, up to the point of our house being for sale, there had been, um, it had been a hard stretch of years where I left my job. So we went from two incomes to one and we had to, basically we had all the same bills, mm -hmm. but I watched my house go from being, you know, taken care of to, there were things in that house that I could not take up care of for years. There was a linoleum floor that was pulling up in the kitchen that was like cracked and needed to be replaced. There was a 15 year old shower upstairs where the grout was just so gross that <laughs> no amount of cleaning could clean that. And there, you know, the, the, um, the trim, you know, just it needed to be repainted. And my husband and I are not handy. So it's like, you know, these might be some, some really easy things to fix for people who like live at Home Depot, but we don't. Mm -hmm. And so we hire people to get things done. And if yeah. we can't afford to hire them, then we just, you know. Live with it. <laughs> unless it's something major. So we lived with some of these things. And we also, when I left teaching, it was like a sunken market. So I had all these like doubts that in my head and things that people have told me like, you know, you're not going to be able to sell your house. Like because it was 15 years old, because it had all these repairs that needed to be made. And so I actually prayed when my house was for sale that it would sell, I really was scared that it wasn't going to sell, even mm -hmm. though God had been the one to tell us to move. Mm -hmm. And wasn't he going to sell our house if we were supposed to move? Right? right. And yeah, there was some fixing up and we had fixed up our house. But when I prayed, there was a man that showed up to the door during the time I prayed. I was like, okay, he didn't have an agent. He just randomly saw the sign outside, which is what you don't do. And I was like, okay, this is the oddest circumstance ever. He had just been divorced, looking for a house, walked through it, contacted our agent long story short he wanted to buy the house but he was going through all the things by himself without an agent and mm -hmm. so she was very skeptical and advised me do not go with this person but it was like he showed up while i prayed right and yeah. i was like okay well that was odd well while he was getting his paperwork together another person put in an offer that was higher that was full price but we had told him that we're going to work with him yeah so we ended up taking the higher offer which in business is not a big deal but i just did not have a good feeling about it and we lost both offers and um what god told me because the people that put in the higher offer retracted theirs and then he was not really pleased that we'd gone with another person when we were right working. so what god told me afterwards is um that i didn't believe I did not believe that my house was really going to sell. Mm -hmm. And God let us just suffer for a couple months. We did not get another offer. And it's like, I was like, what? That was unbelief. Like, what in the world? Um, it, I didn't pay attention. That guy showed up while I was praying. Like, that God had sent him. Right. And, um, but it's like, I just didn't really see the sign. So anyway, back to the point of God wants us to believe him. But... 
it's kind of like with a house situation when a situation has been like it has for so long it gets harder and harder mm-hmm. you know to believe like um if it's just if you're adapted kind of to that you're adapted right and so um but in any event god wants us to trust him and i mean we can look at mary's reaction to her news and she just accepted what the lord said right and even in luke 1 when she goes to see elizabeth um elizabeth says blessed is she who believes that the lord will fulfill his promises to her that word believes is not a passive like oh i just had a thought in my head i mean your belief whether you realize it or not is is active in the sense that what you do is based on what you believe in your head. And so when we believe in what God tells us, that affects what we do. Mm-hmm. It's active. We've like fully entrusted ourselves. If I believe something God tells me, it affects you know, what I do. So, I mean, here with Zechariah, um, we see that he's kind of the opposite of Mary and that he, um, he just, he didn't believe God. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, again, as I said earlier, and, and you're going to bring this full circle and you're, you know, kind of the third thing you want to talk about, but we have a God who does not just leave us there. You know, if we are really pursuing him, you know, I may have pity parties along the way. You may have pity parties. You may have moments of doubt or moments where you really do get yourself into some trouble because you didn't believe God. You didn't trust him. You didn't listen. Um but we have a God that is such a great restoring God, and he writes a new story. If we, um, my brother was telling me about a company called New Story that I think builds houses for people. I'm going to butcher it. People can look it up. <laughs> but the, ty- the, the name of that company is what I wanted to get at. We have a God of a new story, and um, it doesn't have to be the way we thought it would turn out, but he's always going to bring us back around. So that was your third point. He doesn't just leave Zechariah like, okay, well, you missed your opportunity. We would not have had John the Baptist, which of course was next to Jesus. Like he's the precursor. He's the forerunner of Christ. Pretty important guy. Um, The one that was, you know, preaching in the wilderness and was willing to be bizarre and, and preach hard things to the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And so um, what's so cool is we get John because God wants to restore our belief if we fall into unbelief. So tell us about that. Right. Though Zachariah does not believe and is silenced for a time, um, God allows him to go through a trial where his speech is taken from him and he also loses his hearing um, during, you know, when he does not believe the angel. The angel tells him, you know, that he's... he. Um, is going to basically have this trial um, so but what we see is there is a point in the the passage where his trial ends and his speech and um, sight are, res- are I'm sorry speech and hearing are restored um, but I want to note this Zechariah's speech and um, hearing return when he exhibits belief by writing down his son's name so it's very interesting i want to just read this because we haven't i read to you when he was visited by the angel but if you look further in luke luke uh, 159 through 64 um so even despite his unbelief as you as you said um his wife still is impregnated god allows that mercy right Mm -hmm. like he suffers because he goes through a trial Um, but um, note what happens on the eighth day they neighbors and relatives came to circumcise the child and they were called um, going to name him after his father Zechariah but his mother spoke up and said no he is to be called John they said to her there is not one among your relatives who has that name 
Then they made signs to the father to find out what he would like to name the child. He asked for a writing tablet, and to everyone's astonishment, he wrote, his name is John. Immediately, his mouth was opened and his tongue set free, and he began to speak, praising God. All right, so in this passage, what I want everyone to sort of note is the connection. The angel brought the message from the Lord was the one who said his name will be John, Mm -hmm. right? And so he lost his um, speech and his hearing for this entire time. But no, when he had the opportunity to show belief in the angel's words, when the you know relatives were like, "Oh, well, why aren't you going to name Zechariah?" and John's like. (laughs) I can just imagine him like aggressively. I don't know if this really happened, but I just imagine him aggressively like grabbing the writing tablet and writing in huge letters. Like, this is my claim. Like, no, I'm not going to fall into belief this next time around. I already did that at the temple. Been there, done that. Um, I've been in silence for a little too long now. Mm -hmm. And one interesting thing, too, is, you know me, I like to do the little, I like to study and do nerdy things like that. But I hope I even get this right. But one of the interesting things that I read was scholars, you know, they debate every little detail. And they said, okay, his speech was silenced because he spoke words of unbelief. And his hearing was taken because he did not hear. Right. Like, he heard the angel's words, but he didn't really Hearing versus listening, yeah. And I thought that was so interesting. And they said, oh, you know, the trial he went through was so appropriate. Whether or not that's true, mm-hmm. um, it's just so interesting. But here he takes the opportunity. He's like, no. Not going to do that again. Demonstrates his belief. And, you know, the son, the son was already there. But he, it, it was just so interesting to me that the trial ends when he believes again. So I love that. And um, so ultimately the trial Zechariah went through wasn't so that he would be destroyed. It was so that he could have an opportunity to believe. And um, so similarly, I think that, like, I gave the example of the house. Mm-hmm. We did go through several months where our house was back in the market. And we I tried to rework the deal, like, have my realtor, like, reach out and contact them and try to get it going. And it, it didn't work out. And... Um, but I, I learned. I knew God gave me the lesson after my unbelief, and we got another offer. And so I think it's those situations where God is merciful. He, we sometimes do go through trials. Sometimes our blessing is delayed. But ultimately, He wants to bring us back into belief, not just like, oh, you didn't believe, so you're done. Right. But His, you know, He will restore those who are willing to, um, to learn and to listen. His mercies are new every morning. So as great as His faithfulness. And um, I think I think the things that we win, the lessons that we win the hard way are the ones that really stick with us. Same with when you're taking a class. You know, if, if you just got an A in the class, I've had some classes where I'm like, I did not enjoy this. And I, that sounds weird. You're like, I got an A, though. Like, my students, when I used to teach them, they'd be just like, give me an A. But I'm like, I want to earn an A. I want to be like, wow, I really busted that out of the water. When I got an A in calculus, Carol, that was the greatest miracle of our modern times, okay? <laughs> But when I got an A in English, that wasn't such a big deal because that was my talent. And so I feel like as we're struggling through these lessons of unbelief and then turning to the Lord and trusting again, we won't make that same mistake again. We might make a different mistake, but the ones that, you know, that we have learned the hard way, we're really going to remember. So just in conclusion, what words would you share with us? Well, I think you bring up a really good point in that sometimes I 
get angry at God because I'm like, God, why do you let me feel consequences? But I think you bring up a really good point is that if we didn't feel consequences, if he didn't allow us to feel, you know, the impact of our decisions sometimes, how could we ever learn? How would I ever learn about unbelief? And, you know, I mentioned my house, but there's an even more painful lesson. You would think I would learn from my house. No, I didn't. <laughs> there's an even more painful lesson that I've never really written about in my blog. And, and maybe sometime I will in more detail, but it's been too painful to even write about. And you know about it, Susie. But mm-hmm. a few years ago, there was a huge opportunity that I completely sabotaged. It was opening up for me. It was like green light, green light, green light. It is. It was what I had prayed for for years and years and years. And it was like I got on the threshold and as much as I wanted it, there was part of me that is like, I couldn't accept that it was happening. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, I, I just bungled the opportunity because it's like, I don't know, I just I just went into panic mode. Like I couldn't accept that it was, it had been too many years of pain, of failure, of disappointment. Mm-hmm of not working out and that's what I expected mm-hmm. you know and it's like after I was like God why didn't you fix it and it was like you know I, I he, he told me you know you're going to be stronger because of this and I'm like okay well I'm going to be the strongest person on earth then because you know I mean the great prophet a, Kelly Clarkson says what doesn't kill you makes you stronger <laughs> apparently so yes yeah, sometimes the pain of years of disappointment or failure in area can make us believe we will never receive what we've been praying for but this story shows us that with God, anything is possible. And they, this couple had no reason to believe that they would have a child, but it wasn't impossible for God. So it just reminds us to look at our situation, not with eyes of, like human eyes, but eyes of faith. And that um, nothing is too hard for God and that no word of his will ever fail. I think it's been a good word and a a word that we need. And um, we're going to continue this conversation in the next, actually the same scripture. But what's so cool about God's word is it has so many layers. You can read it over and over again. You're always going to get something new because he's the greatest writer that ever was and ever is. Um, So we're going to continue that conversation. But before we do, I want to just pray for us that we would, first of all, let these lessons sink in as you're waiting to hear next week's episode. Um, that, you know, what we learned about unbelief, but also how God can restore that would sink in for us. So God, we love you, Jesus. We do pray that prayer tonight that we believe, but help our unbelief. As that man that brought his son that was sick, you know, he was talking straight to Jesus and he's like, God, I'm trying to get this right, but there's a little part of me that doesn't believe. We pray that same thing tonight, Lord. We just ask that you would do miracles in us, God, despite our unbelief, but I know that your ideal for us, your your perfect way is for us to trust you and believe you because you're our father. And maybe we've had experiences with our earthly father or mother or friends or whatever letting us down. We've we've maybe, you know, held on to a situation for so long that we just can't even see there would be another way. But God, let us put all those things aside. God, let us get what Carol called earlier rosy optimism again. Hope does not disappoint, especially when we're hoping in you, God. It is your will, God, that we would still be childlike. You said for us to be like a little child, and God, they never wonder if their parents are going to provide for them or do the right thing for them, even when the parent maybe has had to spank them or something the day before. God, they're just always fresh, always expecting, always trusting, God. And I just pray, Lord, that you would make us like little children again, God, that if we've been through hard seasons, I know that Carol and I both have, of just holding on to something for so long, not seeing any change. 
God, as, as people are listening tonight, as they're reading the post, God, I just pray, Lord, that you would bring those areas to their mind and allow them one more time to dust themselves off and say, God, I'm going to trust you again, even though this thing seems completely ridiculous and impossible. I don't even want to maybe talk about it anymore because my friends have seen the circumstances not change. God, let us not be afraid to be embarrassed for you. Let us not be afraid to have ridiculous hope in you, God, because it's not ridiculous when we're believing in the one whose hope does not disappoint. We love you, Jesus, and we thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.